So is he real? Who? The boogeyman. I read you quoted. You don't believe in the boogeyman? I believe in Michael Myers, a deranged serial killer, but the boogeyman. All right, all you ghouls and creeps, welcome back to another episode of Brain Stew. I'm Jeremy. I'm Justin. Right when Halloween Kills dropped, we did a spoiler-free episode for you guys. Well, on this episode, we're spilling all the pumpkin guts with every spoiler and our thoughts on the film in great detail. We are joined by a very special guest who uh, has many connections to the Halloween franchise. I like to call him Mr. Halloween himself, John Clark. I like that. I like that Mr. Halloween title. Yeah, dude, that's you, man. I was going to say, a man that, you know, his knowledge on the Halloween franchise can never be disputed. That could be. I don't get everything (laughs) right, but, uh, you know. You are a horror expert, after all. That's what Netflix says, so it has to be true. (laughs) (laughs) dude you're a you're a busy guy man like i mean between doing the conventions because you're a celebrity booking agent you know you are in all these documentaries like uh the movies that made us on netflix just came out you produce some films sometimes you're an occasional actor you've got your own podcast the thing with two heads uh you were just in another country was it last weekend weekend before last yeah we well yeah because today is what wednesday so, weekend before last, I was in Manchester, England, and I went to Wales. And you yeah. actually did one of my lifelong dreams. You went and saw the American Werewolf in London locations, which I'm sure every horror fan, it's like a bucket list item. How was that? I had to ask. That was badass, because I'd been to all the other ones in London already. Um just you know as a fan taking pictures and geeking out and uh i didn't shoot an episode but i decided i want to do some uk episodes now that i'm getting heavily back into making hhg episodes for youtube um so i figured i looked into how far those those whales locations were from manchester and it was quite a trek but i was like shit am i ever gonna get this close right right. uh so it was a four-hour drive from Manchester, uh, but it was worth it. We had a blast. They were not easy to find, by the way, especially the spot where they get dropped off in the truck. was That was a challenge to find. <laughs> so, uh, you know, the old maps on the phone and stuff weren't working so good. Uh, but anyway, we, we found it. I filmed that stuff, and then I'll yes. do the rest of the stuff next time. I get out to London. That's amazing. Now, is the location where the slaughtered lamb was, is that actually still a pub, or was that ever a pub where you could go in and get a drink at? Uh, the exterior was never a pub. It's somebody's house. Okay. Uh, so the interior is a pub, and it's still a working pub, and I've I've been there. And I must say, if you ever make your way out to that location, the one in outside of London, it's in uh, Surrey, I think it is, uh, I highly recommend the fish and chips. They are by far the best fish and chips I've ever had in my life was inside that pub. I don't know if it was just a combination of my geekdom just overflowing, but those fish and chips were phenomenal. That's so. always one of my favorite parts of Horrors Hollowed Grounds when you would randomly throw in the food recommendations. 
That's, Why not? That's, man? that's great. Fuck, that's it's great. all you know. <laughs> Get the whole entire experience while you're there for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I like food. <laughs> well, dude, well, welcome back. You know, to the United States. You know, you're at home right now. I'm sure that's a good feeling after traveling all the time. Dude, uh, the COVID thing. You know, it, it had a lot of pluses. It was a much needed break for me as I've been on the road for like 10 years straight. You know, I mean, just rarely having significant breaks, uh, time off, you know, at the most, maybe a month uh, at the most here and there. And, uh, to be able to have almost a year off, dude, so much fun. I got to, you know, get to stuff around the house and organize my collection and, you know, start a YouTube channel and upload all this crap and starting the podcast with Chris and getting back into filming episodes. It, it, it was a real, you know, blessing, I guess. And for me, you know, other people died and that sucks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, but for me, it was, uh, I hate, I feel guilty to say it was awesome. And uh, I was kind of pulling for the Delta variant there for a while, but you know, <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, we, are we sure we're ready? Come on, let's uh, let's let's take another hey, year we, off." We would have benefited. You know? I mean, I would have benefited yeah. because I'm not even gonna lie. I mean, I was already a fan of Horrors Hollowed Grounds, but the thing with Two Heads is a fantastic podcast. And me as a podcaster, you know, it, it's it's hard to find another one that you really enjoy. You know, there's a sea of so many different shows out there. And I just love the chemistry you guys have. You always have interesting things to say and you always bring on good guests. So it's a fantastic show. And I'm glad that you Thank were you. able to create that during that time period. Yeah, I appreciate it. It's, um, it, it's kind of, uh, Chris and I don't understand it. <laughs> I mean, cause I mean, cause neither, I mean, you know, you, you never like to hear yourself talk and I hate hearing myself talk and watching myself on camera. I, I hate it. And, um, but we just kind of, you know, we just do what we do when we're together and that's talk horror stuff and be nerds. And, and, um, I was like, I don't know, you know, here we are two guys in our fifties. Who's going to connect with us. We're not YouTubers, you know? Um, and uh, surprisingly, people have liked it. And, you know, I don't know if it has a lot to do with, I mean, for me, what I see out of it that I'm not seeing a lot of in a lot of the podcast, the horror podcast people, is just people being themselves. People seem to put on these characters when they get in front of the camera and it's these over-exaggerated, hey, man, <laughs> hello, you know, kind of bullshit where I'm just like, fucking pump the brakes, man. You know, it, you don't need to pretend to be some, you know, I don't know. It just, to me, that shit is annoying. And, you know, I don't know. We're just kind of real, I guess. And maybe we have a different perspective because we're kind of on the inside of the business a little bit, you know. I don't know. I'm not sure what, uh, I'm just glad people like it. I so think, we're going to yeah, keep doing it. I for think now. it's all the things that you just said, honestly, Sean, mm -hmm. from someone that's been in podcasting for many, many years and listened to so many different shows, you know, and you know, the YouTube world, it's a completely other thing, but I think obviously all those elements and the fact, you know, your age, you mentioned it, you've been in this 
world for so long. I think from a, a younger audience, they're definitely going to look at that and be really interested to hear your opinions. And because you've, you've had this history you've and been stories there, yeah. and stories for a lot longer than a lot of younger people have. So that's more interesting mm. than hearing some, you know, whatever 21 year old kid who just went and saw a movie talk about it that has really no deep knowledge of the franchise different people like different things but i think yeah. from us it's the same idea two guys sitting down talking about things they love that you know they would talk about normally after they see a movie or at the bar after a movie or whatever they're just hanging out and chilling so i'll be very interested to see your perspective here as we start to get into halloween our review kills, yeah. on halloween yeah. kills because i mean you're basically knee deep into that movie you were on the set you got to see it what like six months before it came out or something uh quite a while before it came out yeah i mean not yeah. not only were you on set but you rep quite a few people you know on that production so well i technically worked on it because yeah. i did actually book um nancy stevens and charles cyphers onto the movie and i've never worked as a theatrical booking agent and i'm not one and i don't want to be one but when ryan turek hit me up we, we were at the Arc, no, we were at, yeah, the Arc Light, the Cinedome or Cinerama Dome or whatever the fuck it's called in Hollywood when it was still open. Um, we were there seeing Godzilla, King of Monsters, I think, and it was a big group of us, and he was there, and I think before or after the movie, he, we were sitting down eating or something, and he said, oh, hey, uh, you know, uh, who are you in contact with from the original cast? And I'm like, pretty much everybody, you know, and he, <laughs> and, and he just said, well, here's what we're doing, you know, and we're thinking of bringing some characters back. And I was like, really? And he specifically mentioned Nancy Stevens, Charles Cyphers, and Brian Andrews. And, you know, I said, uh, yeah, I can definitely put you in touch with all those people. And, you know, we all know the Brian Andrews thing went sideways, <laughs> clearly. Yeah, he, he, he mentioned on his Facebook that he had a phone call with, I believe it was, it was Ryan Turek. And yeah, that, um, you know, he I've said heard two he, different stories. Yeah. He, I hear Brian's story and then I've heard Ryan's story of how yeah, that went down. I'd yeah, love to hear both actually. Yeah, from, from what I read on Brian's Facebook is that he said that he had, you know, just some basic questions and, you know, very basic wants to be in the film. Um, and then, you know, obviously they went another direction and I, you know, obviously two sides of the story, you know, I don't know if you're, if you're able to say the, the other end of what Ryan told me was that they called Brian and Brian said he was too busy and that he had some family stuff he was dealing with and, uh, you know, couldn't deal with it at that time. And he said, well, we're jumping into production now. And he said, well, I'm too busy. And that was it. Wow. And then when it, the Anthony Michael Hall thing got announced, he went suddenly, crazy, dude. Yeah, he went. He went. He was very yeah. upset, very passionate about. It. I don't want to say he went crazy, but he was very passionate about you know yeah. that that response. And it was it was days on I think, end. I think post. fans too. Fans but, went head over heels over that as well. Yeah. Yeah, but it, it seemed like you know. I mean, he he went on this whole thing of like, why didn't they ask me kind of thing at first. Like he was saying they never asked him. Then he changed his story to he had requirements and they, you know, it, it, the, the story kept changing. So yeah. whatever bottom line is that ship sailed. Um, but anyway, 
So I, I contacted Charles and Nancy and said, hey, you know, this is what they want to do. And then both of them independently, without speaking to one another, actually said to me, well, look, Sean, I don't have a theatrical rep. You know, I trust you. Would you handle this for me? And I'm like, it's not really my, you know, that's not what I do. And then they were like, well, you know, have at it. So I did. And so I ended up being the one negotiating with Blumhouse to get them in the movie. And then, of course, I also... You know, I'm responsible for Nick being in it because I brought that whole thing to Jamie and, you know, that's how he got in the first one. And then so I technically worked on it because I did, you know, I booked them into the movie. So, yeah, so I did have some, uh, I guess, um, reason to be on set, you know, or, you know, um, I had earned my place to hang out. (laughs) Although I. You got that rad hoodie as well from it, right? That Halloween Kills hoodie? I got that from Nick. He gave that to me like two weeks ago. Um, he, uh, was he, he, he was wearing it or I don't remember, but he said something about the hoodie and I go, I, I like hoodies or something like that. <laughs> and he goes, oh, I'll give it to you. And I was like, I get Nick Castle's fucking cast and crew hoodie and then this weekend this past weekend uh aaron armstrong who plays the flash flashback shape had a halloween kills stunt crew shirt and he goes hey sean did you get a stunt crew shirt and i'm like no i would have got one he goes oh i got one for you so he gave me a stunt crew shirt and then tom jones jr who's the you know who played loomis he was wearing this dope shirt that has Loomis on it holding a drill. Halloween drills. Halloween Dude, I drills. S- I saw that shirt, man. That's fantastic. And he said, oh, I got to get you one of these. I'm like, this is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you know, some, you know, so all the, all these Halloween fans fucking hate me because I keep getting cool free shit. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry if I've earned my way to get into the position to get free shit. Anyway. Dude, but, yeah. So, so obviously you, you've seen how divisive this film has become, you know, we did a, a spoiler free, you know, we got to see the movie a little bit early uh, mm-hmm. before it dropped everywhere. And so we did a spoiler free review. And one of the things that I said was, I believe that this film was going to be as divisive as Rob Zombie's Halloween. Yeah. And I, I think it's, it's a safe bet that that's exactly what's, what's happened. So yeah, it seems like how, it's panned out that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How has it been for you, you know, kind of seeing, you know, a lot of the backlash, you know, a lot of people love this movie as well, but, you know, seeing some of the backlash as well, like how, how have you responded to seeing some of that or what do you think about it? Uh, I think a lot of it's justified, you know, um, I have a lot of issues with it too. Chris and I are going to go over those in great detail tonight on our, (laughs) on our podcast. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it's at the end of the day, it's great to see Michael back on screen, you know, doing his thing. You know, and, uh, um, yeah, it's a little Jason-y, you know, and, and the brutality and there's a lot of what the fuck, this doesn't make sense moments in the film and, and things that, you know, I sit back and I go, really? Come on, man. Um, and you know, it, it's so funny cause it's like you guys, you got guys like Turek and them that are so they're, you know, Turek's such a big Halloween fan and he's 
I'm sure he was had a huge hand in all the detailed oriented stuff with getting the house perfect and all, you know, but then when it comes to story and stuff, that's where I think it's just like, it's, that's where it's lacking. And, you know, he didn't write the damn thing and I don't know how much pull he has in that area, but you know, the mask looks great. James Jude Courtney looks great. The flashback stuff looked phenomenal. Everything looks great. It's just some of the story is just kind of cornball, you know? Yeah. It's like that's my biggest issue, and I've gone on record saying this many times, is they should not have disregarded Halloween 2. I 100% if agree If this picked up after Halloween 2, the brother-sister thing still intact, he had slaughtered an entire hospital, then guess what? Yeah, he has haunted this town for 40 years, but – that's the thing. It makes no sense. Why is she, 40 years he's been locked up? He killed five people. Well, that's no big deal. More people have been killed in a school shooting recently, you know, kind of thing. It's not, there's no, he's been haunting this town for 40 years. No, he's been locked up for 40 years. What are you talking about? You know, he didn't, and he, and he barely did anything. I mean, it's, that's the thing that's corny. Why is she, a, why didn't she leave Haddonfield? B, why is she spending all her time setting up all these traps and contraptions and panic room and all this? You know, it, none of it makes sense, really, if you think about it, you no, know? I, I agree. I mean, I feel like both 2018 and Halloween Kills could be the same movies that they are with no. Halloween 2 still existing. And also, <laughs> as you are aware, and every single fan on the planet is aware, you know, that little tidbit of them, including footage of Annie from Halloween two from her death scene. Yeah. I'm like, I mean, did, did you just think that we were going to disregard that or not notice that? Or did you just not care about the fact that you're, cause two is a fan favorite. I mean, we all love it. I feel like for the most part, why would you disregard that? And then like put that footage in there. But no, I agree completely. Um, it's, I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand why they, I mean, is it because they're trying to save money and not having to do burn makeup? I don't know. They uh, Allegedly, uh, Danny McBride and David Gordon Green, I guess, had the conversation that them being related took away some of the, the scariness um, and real world aspect of, you know, it's, it's kind of like if, if a stranger broke into your house, like that's scary shit. Right. But if, a disgruntled family member breaks into your house. It's like, oh, well, it was that motherfucker. I know why they broke in. So I understand their reasoning behind it. But I mean, if it takes if away gonna, the motivation. Yeah, yeah. But if, if you're going to go into a Halloween, you know, franchise and, and do a reboot, you have to understand the series that you're rebooting. And if if you're if you're scrapping a film that's as beloved as Halloween 2, you're immediately going to piss off a huge portion of your fan base and then like like justin brought up the fact that they actually used footage from halloween 2 and th thought it was going to go over our heads like we weren't going to be like you motherfuckers you yeah. scrapped it but now you're fucking you're nitpicking from it and picking and choosing yeah. what you want to put in it so well, defi definitely interesting that they chose to do that plus why how why couldn't they you know if, if their big issue was the ending him the blowing up and seeing him fall down on fire if that was the why couldn't they just have used that footage and redone the ending like they they're doing now in kills by adding stuff 
you know, you could have gone through that whole segment with, you know, it's time, Michael, and shown and the explosion and shown Michael get blown out of the building and, and just changed it. You know, you could have you could have done that. Um, I, you know, the brother sister thing, I just think it's, you know, it, it's too important to this franchise and it's all ingrained in us as fans now. And, you know, and then you're going to try to put those two characters together by concocting this whole stupid thing of this doctor, you know, randomly driving Michael to her house just to witness something stupid. It's just, I mean, you know, just you guys are going through all this shit to try to put these two characters together when that's the other thing. Why would she think if you only have Halloween one as your history, why would she think he's coming back after her? Right. He was arrested. She, that would have been done. Um, yeah, most people would have moved just, on with their lives after that. Yeah, a lot of people, but, you do. know, but you add in him also stalking her at the hospital and like he's coming after her no matter what, then it makes sense, but it doesn't when you eliminate part two. So sure. that's my part two rant. Yeah. For me, that's actually a big problem that I have with Halloween Kills, and a reason that I have a problem with it is it seemed like when they went to to do Halloween 2018, like they were trying to bring it much more like real world status. Like, you mm-hmm. know, this is this is how people, you know, in every interview that Jamie did for Halloween 2018, she, she talked about trauma. Trauma. Right? Yeah. And so it seemed like they were really trying to build this human story about how this thing that happened 40 years prior affected not only her, but now it's affected two generations of her family. So it seemed like they were trying to like reel it in, like we're going to make this realistic Halloween, you know, portrayal and, you know, things in Halloween too kind of made Michael Myers the boogeyman that, that we know him as today. But then they give us Halloween kills and they, they ramp up that supernatural boogeyman factor to where I'm like, dude, you you disregarded this thing that we all man. love. They yeah, went they full went boogeyman. full boogeyman. Like you, like full Jason Voorhees. You can't stop him. You can't kill him. You know, you the more he him. kills, the more he transcends. The more powerful oh, he man. becomes. Basically, that's what they're doing with the character. Yeah. yeah, and you know, let's let's talk about the dialogue in the movie. Like, I swear <laughs> oh, that this, I no. swear this whole podcast isn't going to be a shit oh, shit fest no. on on Halloween Kills because there are some things that I do like. In the movie, but the dialogue. I liked it overall. Yes, I did. But I got a lot of issues with it. It's a super enjoyable, fun slasher movie. Like, it's probably the most brutal, gory film that I've ever seen in theaters. Uh, That and Evil Dead 2013, as far as like the blood and and shit like that. But I mean, the dialogue in this, you know, when you have 1978's Halloween, right? And even at the time that they were making that Donald Pleasance was like, this dialogue is silly. Like people don't talk like that. Like he didn't understand it, but for the one character, it's like, well, he knew something the audience didn't know. That's kind of how he was played. Well, now you've got Halloween kills and all of the characters. Evil guys tonight. (laughs) All of the characters are talking like Dr. Loomis, right? You've got, you've got Hawkins and he's like, it needs to die. Right, and then you've got you know Lori that's talking about evil transcending, and you know literally every line you've she got says. Got random to the fucking Karen in the hospital. Yeah, yelling I mean, it. It's every character is talking like this. I mean, the, a, a a big problem that most Halloween fans are having is is the dialogue. Um, yeah. Any any favorite pieces of dialogue in in Halloween Kills, Sean? 
uh, well, favorite, you mean crap. Um, <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, that whole thing with the, when he puts the money in, in the jar thing that says loves, love begins today. And then Nancy Stevens goes, but evil dies tonight. You know, it was just like, really, did we just do that? And then, Oh, everybody's going to grab onto that evil dies tonight thing now. And that's going to be the thing it's, I'm sorry, but in real life, nowhere is, is a group of people anywhere going to get behind going after somebody just on a whim, like, wait, some guy, you know, 40 years ago, you know, like, no, nah, I, 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 what you want me to follow home. you to go kill someone? I'm no, I don't think home. so. Yeah, I'm no. going, I'm going home to watch Netflix. I'm probably going to get laid and then I'm going home. Yeah. yeah. It's Halloween night. Exactly. Um, I want to have a good time, but no, everybody in that hospital is on board with this, yeah. you know, and you know, and then you got the ridiculousness of couldn't we have just found a dude that kind of looked like Michael that that could have been mistaken for him in a same build, same height. We got a dude that looks like the penguin and, and he's walking around going. They might as well and, cast Danny DeVito and, in the role. Yeah. And he's waddling through the hospital. These guys are running full speed ah, upstairs and shit. But somehow this guy is outrunning them going, you know, and. and it's just, it was just so corny. I was just like, this is so corny. Like, who really? Th and then you got Lori and them going, it's not him. And people are like, fuck you. Let's kill. <laughs> you know, I mean, they're just running past her. And, you know, the whole thing with her, she was friggin' cut open, her entire fucking torso cut open, you know, just less than an hour before this. And she's going to get out. I don't care how many pain meds you took you wouldn't be able to get out of bed for a few days, let alone get up and start kicking ass. I'm sorry. You know, it, it, it's just silly as hell. Yeah. Um, I, I agree. And I, I think that the whole mob thing, obviously this movie was made before a long time before it came out, there was the delay. We had COVID. It was a thing. Hmm. So at the time had it been released in 2020 instead of 2021, that those topical political social themes that they're, they're tr maybe trying to convey about mob mentality yeah. may have been present, may have resonated with audiences. However, <clears throat> they weren't, a lot of people likened it to mega supporters. And I was like, okay, yeah. but even them, even they, if you watch real footage, I mean, yeah, they're terrible, but still they're, they're not chanting evil dies tonight. And it just they're chanting it, hang Mike Pence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Make it, America great again. It didn't it didn't it didn't resonate, yeah. I think, the way they were trying. It just came off as being bad. And and and, yeah, and, and that that character, the suicide aspect, that I don't feel like suicide belongs in a Halloween movie. And the way that was portrayed, I love all the gore. Everything Chris did in the movie I, is, is is beautiful, but that scene to me put me off so bad. It took me out of the movie. I felt like I wanted to walk out yeah. seeing this innocent guy who had to literally jump to his death. And then of course his death is glorified because it, it's, it's a great looking kill. It's a great effect. But I was like, I shouldn't feel happy about seeing that guy die. I should feel terrible. Yeah. It didn't, yeah. it just didn't work. And then, then there's one of my other favorite lines. Now we're the monsters. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's like, I mean, you know what? I'm sorry. Keep 
I don't want social commentary in my horror films. No. I, you know, when it's very subtle, like Romero did with Dawn of the Dead. Or Jordan okay. Peele. Yeah. But, well, I don't know. Candyman was subtle, yeah. Candyman wasn't subtle. Listen, listen, I I wasn't a fan of Candyman. Let's not bring that one up, Jeremy. You liked that one. Yeah, I'm not a huge Candyman fan, though, so that's not my thing. I mean, yeah, that was that was a little in your face. Laid Uh, on thick, as we say. Way thick. I'm I'm sorry. I I, you know what? Uh, You use your other platforms to to preach your stuff. Which hey, I'm totally for all the topics in Halloween kills and Candyman. I'm pro all that. I don't want it in my horror movies. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get that. And now I'm hearing, you know, there's chirps of uh, Halloween ends even going harder with some of those topics like, you know. They're talking about bringing COVID. Like I read an interview where they were like, "Yeah, we're going to talk about, oh, uh, you know, the pandemic." God, no, please. And, and no. Halloween ends. I'm like, "Oh, come like please don't do that." Like hopefully that was a joke that they I, they said I, in an interview. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just that kind of stuff worries me. It's I mean, like, subtext you know, I'm, is I'm already ready for the next reboot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Man. Which That's... Jason, dude, Jason Blum already said that, you know, cause he was asked, he was like, so you guys are done with Halloween after Halloween ends. He goes, Oh no, no, no. We're like, we're, we're making more movies. You know, this trilogy will be over, but we're going to carry on. Hey, so, I, I liked, I, as long as this keeps happening, they're going to, I, keep I liked what I heard him say about Halloween three, that he's not opposed to doing a sequel to Halloween three. I'm like, bring it the fuck on. I'll take that yeah, any day I'm, of the week. I'm totally behind. I see a lot of people saying, don't touch it, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, why not, man? Touch fuck it. it. <laughs> you know, go for it, man. I'm, I, I, I would be down. I actually, when I started, when I heard that rumor, I started brainstorming like, an idea like a, what I thought would be a cool story. And I came up with one that I, I was like, man, if they did something like this, that would be badass. I doubt they will go in the direction that I would be into, but I, I thought of some cool ideas, you know, I mean, imagine bringing Tom Atkins back, you know, and, Oh, that would be a dream come true. I'm, I'm actually shocked. They haven't tried to get him in, you know, these movies. I, I've tried, man. I, I brought it up for, for kills and I just brought it up again for Halloween ends, like let's get him in there as something, you know, somebody, a, a cop, a doctor, Doctor Chalice. That would be perfect. You know, that would be the best thing ever. I mean, he's not getting any younger, and he's still yeah. an active guy. So I think every fan would be excited to see that. That's a great idea. Yeah, I mean, you barely recognize ciphers. I mean, you, you know, that's, I feel like that's why they zoomed in on his name tag in the film. I felt like that too. It's kind of. Like, I also thought that. It was pretty cornball during the opening when 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 Anthony Michael Hall's kind of introducing everybody, and we got to show a clip of them back in the day, so you know who they are. You know, it's I'm like, not, not going to lie. I'm I'm glad, Sean, that you were able to get the legacy actors back in those characters in the movie. They wasted them, but, though. But but I was really upset, and and I actually the first thing I said to Jeremy when I left the theater was I was like, I didn't like how they were handled. I felt like they were wasted. You didn't do enough with them. And then they were, this is obviously spoiler. So they're killed off. And I felt like Except they were for Lindsay. I, and I, well, I like, well, Lindsay is, she has one of the best scenes in the movie. For yeah. sure. That's literally the, the most Halloween scene in the movie. And I'll get to that in a moment, but I really just felt like, <clears throat> you, you know, the older characters were just there just to have for a quick brief moment, a quick cameo and go, Oh, Hey, yeah, look who it is. And then I, I just, Sheriff Brackett to me is such an iconic, important character to the first movie and the second movie. And it, just seeing the, I don't think he was portrayed in a, in, in, in a nice light no. to say the least. 
Hey, no, Michael, I'm, I mean, everyone's okay. entitled to one good scare. Yeah, it's like, really? We got to we gotta bring that? I mean, I thought that that was so corny that they brought that line back. And then back. two seconds later, he's dead. Yeah. I mean, I thought they really wasted uh, Nancy Stevens. I mean, she barely had any dialogue, you know? I mean, this she had like three Dr. lines. I think, yeah, yeah. This, this is for Dr. Loomis, yeah. Yeah. And then, then at the bar, you know, mm-hmm. the background dialogue that she had, well, you know, her and Tommy were sitting there and Lindsay were there having drinks. I loved that whole dynamic, though, and I really wish they had fleshed it out more. Here's another thing, if you want to think about things. How the fuck did they ever meet her? Exactly. Yeah. That was one of yeah. the main things that I said as soon as we... Had Halloween because- 2 happened, maybe, you know, because, but, you know... But she, they never met her. She was attacked in the, you know, at, by girl, the sanitarium. Right? Yeah. She never came to that. And what's she doing hanging out with these young kids? And, you know. Anyway. I, mean, I, I got no I to talk about, I got to talk about the bartender, though, man. He was like fucking boom hour <laughs> status. He's like, yeah, Timmy Tabatia yeah, had my grandfather right now. Timmy Tabatia. Like, every time. He did the damn thing. I was like, what the fuck is he doing? Dude, I love it, man. Man, but it was hilarious, though. Yeah, You remind me of the guy uh, in the trash truck in Terminator. What the, the hell? Bitch took my pants. What, what the hell? <laughs> yeah. I love that. I love that guy, man. I love it. Nah, I love that it. guy should be doing conventions. Yeah. You got to get him, Sean. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I what, pe- a, a lot of fans are, are comparing um, Halloween Kills to... Star Wars: The Last Jedi. Would would you say that that's a fair comparison? Because Halloween 2018, you know, was mostly well received, minus the Sartain bits. It was mostly well received, and it was hope for you know what this this new trilogy might really be honoring its source material. And then you get Halloween Kills, and people are comparing it to The Last Jedi because it's like you could tell any fucking that's- Halloween story that you want, and this is the story yeah. you chose. Yeah, that's actually a good comparison because I could see Halloween 2018 being like Force Awakens. Yeah, where we were all stoked and it and it was pretty good. And then you know, then then Last Jedi, where it's like, well, that was entertaining, but fuck, really, they went that way with it, you know? Um, you know, I, I, it boggles the mind how some of these things happen. Uh, you know, it, it just it feels to me. Yeah, you know, and I guess it's maybe because I'm just so, you know, so into it as a Halloween nerd that seems so obvious where you should take the story and what you should do with it. But, it all, you know, they always manage to screw it up somehow. Yeah, I think I think Justin, actually, I think you were the one that said for every good Halloween film we get, there's always almost a subpar Halloween film that follows it. Follows I don't know if that yeah. was. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I mean, it depends on your taste. I know that fans in this franchise, you know, they love all of them. There's always going to be those people that love every single one. And I appreciate every single one of the movies in this franchise to some extent. Or something, yeah. Except, mm-hmm. yeah. except, except Halloween Resurrection. Sorry. You, you have an autographed stuff. copy of Halloween I Resurrection, do. Justin. I do. That's because <laughs> it's ironic. And I was there and it happened. And He's, he, Who uh. did you see live? You saw somebody perform music live. Who was it? Thomas... 
Ian Nicholas. Yeah, he 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 did uh, a show with his. He oh, plays like oh, the American Pie guy. Yeah, yeah. He goes around and plays acoustic songs from like the early two thousands and plays American yeah. Pie songs. And I took my daughter and my wife. We had a few drinks and had dinner, and it was just like a local pub. And I was like, if I'm gonna go see this guy, I'm gonna bring the Blu-ray. <laughs> And, you know, I I was bummed, Sean. I know that you were involved in that original Shout Factory box set. I was bummed there wasn't a full documentary about Halloween Resurrection. It was just a very brief portion at the end of the H2O documentary. But, like, I need to know more about this movie. Well, they told us that, I mean, there was already a lot of bonus features on the Resurrection DVD as it was that they just felt like didn't really need to go there. And uh, that was the same with the Rob Zombie stuff because Rob had done so – there were so many bonus features for his film with the exception of part two, which apparently they shot a whole nother documentary for and the Weinsteins wouldn't let him release it. Oh, wow. Um, I, I'd love for that to get out there because I heard that it's brutal. I heard it's like – because there was so much neg- – sorry, a friend of mine's trying to call me um, – that there was so much negative shit uh, – that happened on that film that that was the main reason they didn't let it be released. I would love for that to just leak on YouTube one day. Um, but no, when we were brought on to do the box set, it was pretty specific of which movies they needed stuff for. And it was basically four five, six, seven, uh, were the ones they, you know, they had already had so much done for one and two and three, that they they had a little filler put in, like uh, they brought in a couple other people to do little things, but but for us it was four, five, six, and seven. Although Felsher, Michael Felsher, was in charge of six, we were in charge of four, five, and seven. Um, and of course, I did my horse hog ground stuff, which is independent of all of that. But um, uh, we ended up helping out Felcher quite a bit on on part six because we had crossover interviews so it was like well hey if you're already interviewing daniel harris can you ask her about about part six if you're already interviewing um what's the producer's name um malik no not malik uh paul freeman paul freeman um the will you get him for part six while you got him for four and five uh stuff like that there was just a lot of crossover interviews so we did a a a few of those i think like also john carl beekler because we were doing him for four he also did six so so we ended up doing quite a bit of work for michael as well so so the one thing that we have to splurge on right now that literally got me wet in the fucking pants and It'll probably be difficult for you to talk about with Chris because he did all of it, but that's where the best part of Halloween Kills lies is in the kills. And quite literally, with the title of the fucking name of the movie, I thought that the brutality of the movie, amped up times 10, was brilliant. I loved every single kill, and... I was so surprised and shocked at some of some of the elements that where they went with it. I was like, wow, you really just went there and how they allowed so much of that stuff in, you know, we're, yeah. we know how the MPAA is regarding these movies. And I mean, there are some kills in this movie that I haven't seen in a mainstream horror movie, like ever released ever. So they let a lot of that stuff and it was all practical, all beautiful. 
And of course that Loomis makeup, I mean, what fan can appreciate that? It was, it was walking out. Me and Jeremy both thought it was CGI. So many fans thought it was CGI because of how good it was. And then we come to find out like it was all fucking practical. So, I mean, I know he's not here to, 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 you know, and, and obviously a lot of people that, you know, artists in terms of what they make and create, they don't want to hear fans just splurge all over it, but he's not here. So we can do that. It was just so amazing to see that. We don't see that in mainstream horror barely at all anymore. Yeah, no, Chris, no pun intended, killed it. Hey, Dumpster Dwellers and future Dumpster Dwellers, I'm Joe. I'm Sean. And I'm Connor, Connor the Skeleton. And we'll be your guides through the movie dumpster, a comedy-based movie review podcast with its own cinematic universe. Each week, we go knee-deep through cinema's trash heap to dig out the best forgotten gems, Hollywood stinkers, and out-there oddities. We're talking horror, sci-fi, action, and everything in between. And of course, it's all connected. Tune in for insightful and comedic deep dive reviews, bad accents, and more dirty jokes than your mother's ass can fit house elves. Head over to moviedumpsterpodcast.com to listen on your favorite podcast app. Visit our store and pick up some non-committal swag and sign up for our Patreon to get behind-the-scenes previews, commentary tracks, live watch-alongs, and other exclusive content. Welcome to the Dumpster! So I, I didn't like I said, I didn't hate everything in Howling Kills. There's a lot of really great shit, and I've seen the movie uh, two and a half times. I, I would have seen it a full three times. You know, it's two on and a half, Jeremy. Yeah, two, two and a half. How, man, how dare you? How dare you admit that, dude? Hashtag dad life, man. Two and a shit, half. Shit, it's so easy when you have that moment where it's like, all right, cool, I can watch a movie to fucking to fall asleep <laughs> on the fucking couch. So I, I've made it two and a half times in, and it's it's a really fun, enjoyable movie i just don't i don't think it's a great halloween movie um we get michael is essentially the hero in this movie to where in the halloween films that i love you know he's kind of like the shark in jaws right like less is more right it's more scary uh when you get glimpses of the shark and it's like oh fuck there's there's the shark right so same thing with michael myers when he pops up out of the shadows that's fucking terrifying when he's like prime time like in the camera in your face i mean Literally, when he walked out of the the house that was on fire, it was like a Marvel Cinematic Universe shot. Like, he walks out in slow-mo with the axe, and it's like, it it's framed like a heroic moment in, in a superhero It knows movie. you're getting excited. It knows yeah, that's the moment yeah, yeah. that you're waiting for in the movie. You know, one of the things that I, that, I, that I did love about Halloween Kills, and that I love about a lot of David Gordon Green things, not just his films, but his television stuff, too, is that, you know, he takes the time him and Danny McBride to really develop and flesh out some of their side characters that typically in horror films would be throwaway cardboard paper cutout characters with, with no real personality and, and no distinguishing qualities about them. You know, he does a great job with his side characters that, that gives you stuff that, that you love. You know, you've got, um, you've got the uh, African-American lady with, with the white husband and like, dude, their dialogue and they're back and forth. It's like, they're a cute fucking married couple, man. Like I, yeah. they're, they're seen as he's like, there's a fucking scary guy wearing a monster mask in the bathroom. Like shit like mm-hmm. that. It's like, Oh man, you know, he says, uh, you know, Hey, let's, uh, let's eat some, uh, some cheese its And you know, he's, he's just it's, like yeah, some cheap Walmart wine. That's, that's yeah. yeah. That's, that's one of my favorite scenes of it's, the movie as cr- well. It's 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 great, man. And then you've got you've got little John, big John. I know there's a lot of discussions. There's a lot of people that didn't care for that. I was all for it, man. I love 
Best how, part of the fucking movie. Dude, I, I loved, <laughs> you know, typically in, in films like this, you know, you would take a, you know, a gay couple and then you would really accentuate, like, you know, a lot of qualities that typically go into, you know, uh, that character type in films and television. And in this, these motherfuckers weren't, you know, they weren't prancing around. They, they weren't really ramping up any of that. Instead, dude, they literally grab knives and they lock the door because they're like, nah, they broke into our house. And it's like, I've got this knife and I've got this knife. And they've got some great back and forth dialogue that I thought that they were really enjoyable. So that's one thing that, that I, I enjoy about Halloween Kills is the side characters. So I've, and another thing that I really enjoyed is Michael is a prankster, man. Like much like he was in the first film with positioning the dead bodies and stalking and toying with his victims. And this one, I mean, the way that he he positioned Big John and Little John like their like their couples photo that was in you know right behind them where their dead bodies were, I thought that was fucking great. Michael was really ramping up some of the uh, the prankster elements. The same thing with he took the Halloween three masks and put them on his victims in in the playground, and I thought. That was fucking fantastic. Dude, he, he, he beheaded a small child, a young child, and threw the head of the child at the vehicle window and smashed the windshield with that small child's skull that he cut off. That kid was a fucking asshole, though. It was mm. just, you know. No, I'm glad he's dead. They were assholes. I'm just saying I'm glad he's dead for my yeah. enjoyment and my entertainment value that I got from it. But, yeah, 100%. I think all of those elements are fantastic. Sean, what did you think of the reproduction of the Myers house? Like, that's such a big element for Halloween that fans were so excited to see come back in this movie. Yeah, I wish I could have saw that in person. That's the one thing I regret, not getting to see the set. That was on a lot, right? What's that? That was on a studio lot, correct? Yeah, Scream Gems studio. Yeah, they in a giant hangar on, on stage 10, they built the whole, you know, both sides of the street. So, Did did they ever, uh, do you know if the studio ever contacted Kenny Caperton that owns the, the replica Myers house? No? no. Not Probably. that I know of, no. They did for 2018 because I had a talk with him a few years ago at a convention, and he said that he offered for 2018 and for future sequels, and they, they said they weren't interested, so. Yeah. Yeah, that's just interesting because, you know, they're right there. He's in the Carolinas. You know, they filmed in the Carolinas. I mean, they'd have to take all of his shit out of his house, like all of his collectibles. Like, and you'd have to build a neighborhood around it, exactly, too. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Because he has yeah. it built, like, kind of out in the country-ish area. So you'd have to build houses next to it. It just didn't make sense geographically. Yeah, it'd be harder for them to do it there than it would on the studio. And, just you know, it's, yeah, doesn't really doesn't really make sense in those regards. So, Sean, what what are some things that, that you took away that you loved about this movie? Um, I mean, I, I uh, you know, I, I just, I enjoyed that it was, it, it had a good tempo. It didn't drag much. Um, you know, it kind of kicks right in at the beginning. Like, uh, <clears throat> and, um, you know, obviously the kills are great. The mass is great. James Jude did a great job Aaron Armstrong did a great job um you know I, I enjoyed it. It, it there was so much more that I liked about it than I hated about it you know but I did watch the first screening the first time I saw it I walked away going 
I, I saw a rough cut that they they improved a great deal on from the second time I saw because I hated the Big John Little John stuff the first time I saw it and it it was a lot longer it, it really there was too much and they tightened it up in the theatrical version so how, how do you feel but, about it with the finished version do you still feel like it's unnecessary uh, like yeah I thought the their scene the Big John Big John Little John I yeah. I, I liked. I liked it. Yeah. I hated it the first time I saw it, but, but the second time I saw it, I, I, I really liked it. And you know, all this nonsense online about Myers being homophobic. <laughs> like, give me, dude, when is Myers discriminated? He, he, he yeah. kills anybody and everybody, you know, first responders, anybody it doesn't matter. So with, with you being so close to the production, like when this thing was in pre-production and the scripts were passed out and, you know, obviously your clients got the scripts and they're relaying stuff. You probably got the script. Was, was there conversations mm -hmm. being had like with, wow, I'm really surprised where this installment is going, whether it be from Jamie or from anybody else that you spoke to like in pre-production? If I'm really surprised about what? what? Um, of the direction that they were taking Halloween Kills. Um, uh, not really because it read a lot differently than what is on the screen. Um, and it evolved a great deal. Uh, yeah. Having worked with Chuck and, and Nancy, I was getting every script update as well. So I read early drafts that were different. Um, there was an original, uh, opening that I liked a lot better than the, what came out. I mean, I love, I still love the movie, like I, how the flashback stuff, but there was sort of a reveal the way that it was originally written. You didn't realize it was 1978 and Hawkins goes home and he has an argument with his girlfriend who he finds cheating on him with another woman, which I thought was a little, a little woke for the time period. Um, but Anyway, it, it evolves to where they're in an argument and he'd been drinking. And I think that is partially what led to him shooting him by accident was that he was inebriated. Um, but he had been drinking and suddenly he hears the gunshots and you hear the bang, 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 you know, and he runs outside and you see Lindsay and Tommy run by screaming. And then you realize, oh, shit, it's. 78 it's that night Dude, and it was i got goosebumps reading that oh my god you, just hearing you say that i was picturing it in my head like yeah on a, a theater screen that sounds so much better that sounds fucking so that sounds much fucking better. amazing oh my yeah god. i was that was the most that was the coolest thing i thought that was in that first draft i read then the second draft came and that was gone i was like no no i was so bummed that they changed that and in the original script the even the final draft I got, Cyphers was supposed to live. He wasn't supposed to die. Um, as he as he fucking should have. As he fucking should. What's that? I agree. He, as he should have. He should have fucking lived, man. Yeah. Well, it, you know, because I didn't even know until I talked to him after he shot, um, and he, I said something to him about you know coming back, and he goes, "Oh, they killed me," and I'm like, "What?" Cause I didn't know that. And he goes, yeah, they decided to kill me. And you know, I don't know if that had anything to do with maybe a, maybe he was a little difficult on set B. Maybe he wasn't living up to their expectations acting wise, you know, seemed like he was having a hard time delivering some of those lines, 
you know you know how his voice sounded a little you could see uh, that. you know you could see that a little bit yeah i think they got so, the best they could out of him yeah maybe they thought eh, you know we should maybe we should end this character right here so i don't know um also, what kind of friggin' retirement plan did he have? He was sheriff, and now he's he has to be a security guard at a hospital? Come on. Yeah. I had the perfect vision in my head, and I want you guys to tell me if this is not a great idea. Imagine how iconic it would have been for fans had he not been there as a security guard. Had there been a mm-hmm. scene shot from behind of maybe him just sitting in his chair, a retired guy, you don't even see his face. Right, he's just mm-hmm. watching the TV. It zooms in, kind of like a Halloween two-ish shot, and he sees the news brief about yeah. all these things happening. Right, he gets up. You hear a voice in the background, like "What are you doing?" And then he, you know, spouts off a line like, "This is just something I have to do." You see a hand go in a drawer and grab the an old gun, and then you see him walk. Hold out on, the door. I gotta stop you right now. Camera pulls in tight on his face and he says, Evil dies tonight. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no but, if, if it's, but if, you know what, though? If it's the only time that that line has mentioned in the entire movie, that would have worked. Fuck yes. Yeah. It's perfect. But I just, I just saw something so much better for that character. I just felt like, why is he just like a jobber, like random security yeah. guard at the hospital? No one respects him, apparently. I just, I just didn't like the way he was handled that character why is he not part of the survivors group that meets at the bar yeah. <laughs> you know yeah, especially especially that the new sheriff was like you're not the law i'm the law i'm like yo that's fucking and yeah, he does nothing in the movie yeah. he does bracket nothing like that he does nothing yeah. there's a scene where him he's sitting on the, the steps in the hospital like fuck me i can't do anything about this and he does nothing about yeah. it and he's not yeah. an integral part of this movie nor was he of you know, the 2018 Halloween movie, which is a shame that they cast someone to be that character and then do nothing with them. But that's how yeah. movies work. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that in, in this next one, of course, I think his, his role is going to be beefier for sure. Cause it's, I guess it's taking place four years after the events of, of Halloween kills. And you know, the one thing, a piece of dialogue that was delivered in this movie that really concerns me, cause it, it would, again just be another thing of why 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 would you do this is that Lori says a line in this film that she says you know the only way to kill him is if i die too or something along those lines and i'm like come on man you're killing all the legacy characters nobody not one fan of halloween that loves halloween wants to watch another movie where Lori strode dies again why would you fucking do that like have her fucking survive you know what i mean and like that's the closure but with that piece of dialogue, it seems like they've already made up their mind on, on where that. I mean, that's why Halloween go. two rules, Jeremy. Think about the ending of Halloween two. Perfect. She's going off in the ambulance. Yeah. The fog is around her. The ambulance is, and, and she wins. Yeah. Perfect. Yep. And that's no. what I loved about H2O, that ending. Yeah. You know? yeah. To me, definitively, that was the end of the Laurie Strode. Michael Myers. One hundred percent. When she when she beheads, yeah. it's Michael Myers. It's not a fucking paramedic because resurrection never happened. It literally ends the the sister trilogy is one two H two O. She chops off his head. It's Michael Myers. It's her brother. She won. The end. They can everybody can move mm. on with their life, and I think that's fucking perfect. This one, I'm telling Halloween Halloween ends, man. It's that they've already set up the foundation for that. They already know what they're gonna do. 
Yeah, I mean, they start filming in January. I mean, the script's right. written. So, yeah. Um, if you think if you think kills is divisive, wait until ends. Have Have you Have you read it yet? No, no, I have not. But I've heard things. Sure, I've heard chirps, and I was kind of like, okay. okay. And listen, if if, right. if we're gonna take anything from anybody. It's going to be Sean Clark. Again, I said it earlier in this episode, and I'm not just sucking your balls, I swear to God. You are the guy whose opinion cannot be disputed when it comes to Halloween. It really is that. That's just how I view it as a fan, as a podcaster. But do they ask me? Uh Uh-uh. They should be, but, but as you said earlier, and, and, and Ryan is such a big fan, like, and I understand that, you know, his position is only so limited. It, it, it kills me to see so many people involved in these that really love the franchise as a whole and, you know, see the output come out a little bit jumbled. I feel like kills could have been near perfect where it had, I mean, I loved a lot of things about it, but I walked out being really disappointed actually, mm-hmm. you know, and I loved the 2018 movie. So, uh, you know, and from a fan perspective, I'm seeing so many people divided on it and, it's still making money, so I guess it doesn't really matter. But it'd be nice yeah. if, if 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 the majority of people were were satisfied and happy. I don't think it's that difficult to do, but I guess from a fan perspective, that's just us being, or I should say, overcompensating. Yeah, but you're never going to please everybody. I mean, that's true. That, that, that's, there's true. No, that's impossible. It's impossible. I mean, I mean, so. Whatever. I mean, let them, yeah, that's the thing. Just let them do whatever they're going to do because it doesn't change the original films. It, it, you know, Couldn't it, agree it's more. not going to, you know, they can try to rewrite history, but as far as I'm concerned, you know, it's one and two, you know, I'll throw H2O in there. Like yeah. you said, the sister trilogy, but you know, one and two, you can't touch them. And you know, uh, those are my go-tos every Halloween. So. For sure. I mean, that that's how I feel about the Terminator franchises. I'll watch every single fucking one of those movies, but to me, Terminator is Terminator 1, Terminator 2, end of story. Judgment mm-hmm. Day never happened, so that's that's a great way to look at it is, you know, you pick the the ones that you like, and that, that's your thing, and then these, these other films are like bonus Myers movies for me. Yeah, I don't mind, you know, I don't mind if they keep pumping them out, you know, why not? I mean, and you know the crazy thing is I was – talking about this to somebody recently is the fact that even after we die, they're probably still going to be making Jason and Myers movies and Freddie. And I mean, just like they still make Frankenstein and Dracula and, you know, Wolfman. We're, we're, we're never, it's kind of a bummer to think we're not going to get to see all of them. (laughs) But but, but think, I mean, I know, you know, Jeremy, you have kids, Sean, you don't have kids, right? No. My, my daughter's 18 years old. She's going to get to take my grandkids to go see the new Freddy Krueger or the new whatever version of, you know, whenever the Friday the 13th rights problems go away, you know, whenever they both die, Sean and Victor Miller, then we'll finally get a new one. And then my grandkids will be able to see it. You know, it's like, that's an exciting thing to think though. These characters will transcend. They will live beyond our lifetime. And I, for one, I love that idea and I'm always open to new interpretations of these characters. So I couldn't agree more with that. I just, you know, while we're alive, I just hope that we would all find things in these movies that we enjoy and that we love. And I'm glad that this movie has so much for everybody. And I'm glad that there are those people 
that are loving it. I mean, the unfortunate part of social media is seeing people combat others' opinions and hate others for enjoying things. And that's just so not necessary. Just because someone loves something, you don't need to go after them and dig into their back and be like, this is why it sucks. Like, dude, you can do that. but yeah, I don't rip on people for liking Resurrection. There's some people that love that movie, yeah, you know, yeah. and you know they can just continue to be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> there's a playful way of doing yeah. it, and then there's a hateful way, and and people are just being so hateful against each other. Like, let's just all live in harmony and and know that the first movie will never be touched, just like Sean said perfectly. And it will, no matter how many of these movies come out, not a single one of them will ever affect your enjoyment or your love of that first original movie. Yeah. I mean, and let's face it. Evil didn't die tonight. Evil never dies. Right. Just like it says on the poster for Halloween six. And like you guys said, man, we're going to keep getting these movies forever. So every single time Michael Myers is on the big screen, or even if he starts going straight to DVD, I'm there, man, every single time because I love these things. And there's always going to be things about these movies that I love and that I can walk away appreciating. So, you know, I, I appreciate a lot of the things about Halloween Kills. It's it's never going to be in my, my top five, but uh, it exists, and I'm, and I'm happy that it exists. 100%. Yeah. So. Did, you, did you like it? Did you guys like it better than 2018? No. No. No, I yeah. kind of liked it better in 2018. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I maybe just because it was, I don't know. I think, maybe. I think tonally, I, I liked Halloween 2018 more because I felt like it, it matched John Carpenter's vibe a little bit better, uh, while ramping up some of the violence and the kills and things like that for for modern audiences. So I feel like that's why I liked Halloween 2018 a little bit more. This one, I mean, the carnage was real and it was fucking glorious, but. I didn't like it more than 2018. Yeah. I didn't think either are great movies, but I enjoyed both of them. So, you know, maybe I enjoyed kills more because I have a closer connection to it. Cause I, I can watch certain scenes and go, Oh, I was standing right over there when that, you know, I can't even so, lie, Sean. I, so I, I put in for casting for extras on that. Cause I'm not that far. I'm in Virginia every mm-hmm. single day and got declined every single day dude they, so they i was hit, like i was like come on just make me a dead person or you know whatever i've been on they, other movies so i was just totally bummed about that they hit me up on 2018 because i kept applying and oh, finally, didn't, it, didn't it say short bald guy or something oh motherfucker i got a little <laughs> i got a little bit of hair god damn it just right here and right here but uh <laughs> no it was uh it was definitely looking for a shorter person or some shit like that and it, they hit me up and they were like hey like can you film tomorrow and i was like i will fucking absolutely i'm supposed to work tomorrow but i'm i'm coming they're like, like yeah we, let's we need do a it. small person a really yeah. small person and he's like no i'm not that small but i can crouch down a little bit and i'll I, almost I, be a small i'm not person. real real small but i'm real small so uh <laughs> so yeah so i i responded and was like yes like hit me with the details i'm there and then i didn't hear anything for like fucking three hours and i'm like checking my email like a fucking crackhead like come on come on and then finally when i got an email it was like oh sorry man we we got somebody already and i was like Fuck! do you know what part it was for it was it was an extra, just oh. an extra kind of deal, you know. Probably like a group Halloween, you know, trick or treating scene or something along those lines. Or you know what it actually probably was for was uh, that gas station scene, um, hmm. where Lori shows up and Will Patton's there, and there's like all the bystanders and shit like that. It was probably for that, if I had to guess. I know I remember what I put in for was it said lean in shape that has abs, white person. 
white guy or something. And I was like, okay, then I was supposed to be like dead in a morgue, apparently, based on watching the movie. And then they're like, they didn't like that I had a Michael Myers tattoo. Yeah, yeah, that kind of that, yeah, that, 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 that ruined you. the entire thing. But, but no, f- thank you so much, Sean. Seriously, I know, we know you have another recording to do tonight of your own show, but we couldn't be more thankful. Our listeners, our Epic Film Guys Brainstew listeners, could not be more thankful. I know they're going to be so excited when they hear this episode. For those that are unfamiliar, can you tell them where they can find you guys? The podcast, Horrors Hollow Grounds, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, basically, my YouTube channel, my Instagram, my Twitter, it's all at Malfunction, which is M-A-L-F-U-N-C-S-E-A-N. And, uh, yeah, on, on YouTube, we got the Horrors Hall Grounds episodes. We got Thing with Two Heads podcast that Christopher Nelson and I do and whatever other crap I can come up with sometimes, you know, my collection videos that I, I really – uh, been neglecting since I've been on the road, but horse hog grounds, I'm ramping up. I've shot God. I've, I think I've got like 10 or 11 episodes shot that I'm, I just need to finish editing. So I'm working on some of those right now. Um, I, I'm also in the process of editing a, uh, Halloween pinball machine unboxing video. You motherfucker. You I'm motherfucker. so jealous. You are, everyone's going to be jealous over that. That's like the one well, sought after item right now. There's 1,249 people that can't be jealous of me that, that also <laughs> got the machine. Um, but, uh, and then uh, uh, we shot, I didn't shoot it. I was asked to host this video that was being shot about the station wagon, the, that they, you know, the original station wagon from Halloween. And, um, anyway, they sent me a rough cut. It's a long story. I'm trying to take this thing they sent me and re-edit it and fix it to make it, uh, usable. Um, so I I don't think it's the most exciting video I've ever been involved in, but I'm going to put it up on my YouTube channel here shortly. No, I don't so, mean to cut you off on that, but yeah, Jeremy, I know you had a very serious question about that car. Oh, oh, for sure. Um, and it'll probably I'm, all be answered in the video, but go uh, ahead. I'm, I'm, I'm sure. Or, or it's something that you'll have to say off the record one or the other. Um, do you believe that it truly is the station wagon from the film? Yes. I, as, okay. I mean, because as a diehard fan, like being honest with you, you know, Station wagons like that, you know, movie props wasn't a thing, especially cars back mm. then. I mean, dude, in, in Child's Play, uh, Tom Holland, nobody gave a fuck about movie props back then, right? I mean, the shark from Jaws got thrown away. Uh, a Chucky doll got eaten by Tom Holland's dog. Nobody gave a fuck. So, for me, a car as generic and, and overproduced and not luxurious like the station wagon, for me, it's just hard to buy that someone kept it all these years. And I don't know. Uh, when, when it was announced, I was like, dude, that's really fucking, even if it is a replica, that's really fucking cool. I want my picture in it. I, I want to stand next to it. But I, I was definitely skeptical when they were like, oh, here's the, the, the original from the film. I'm like, I don't fucking know, man. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, his story uh, sounds legit. Um, and, um, you know, it's obviously been completely renovated. It was in really bad shape. Um, and he had to replace a lot of 
parts. Like the, it, it sat in a barn for almost 40 years, uh, just deteriorating and, uh, animals got in it and, you know, chewed up the interior and, you know, wiring and all. I mean, so it, it went through, he, he basically, when it's all said and done, it's like, it's a shell of what it once was. He had to like replace most of everything, but, um, and the, I know a lot of people, I, even myself, are kind of like, the color looks off. You know, what's the story with the color? And he said that, well, he obviously had it repainted, but that particular model of station wagon only came, I think he said, in three colors. And the one color, I think he said it's like champagne. So it's champagne something. He said is the color that's the closest to what you see on screen. And... In certain lighting, it does look it because look, it looks tan in the movie, but I can see how this color could easily look different under certain light because it's very reflective. Um, I don't know, I, but his story sounds legit to me, and I don't know why somebody would go through all this to pretend. I mean, it's not like it's a Christine car or something. It's a, you know fucking station wagon you know i i don't you know i don't think anybody would go out of their way to make up that story but i mean that's possible but i believe him plus the dude has like 12 other screen used vehicles in his collection i mean he's like a legit dude so nice okay right on uh, did they use his car in the film because there there is no. one in, in the side of a shot okay no not, not his. he didn't have it done in time he was still restoring it ah, so gotcha. Yeah, Good but he know. wanted to, yeah. Well, Sean, thank you so much. I know you have so much more to do tonight, but again, like I said before, we are so thankful and appreciative that the week of Halloween and the month of Halloween kills, you were able to come on and talk Halloween with us. It's it's a pleasure. It's an honor. I'm a big fan of everything you've done. And, of course, Jeremy, just being on this episode with two gigantic Halloween fans – is the best thing you could ask for leading up to the holiday. So thank you so much. And Jeremy, any closing words? Yeah, no, thank you, dude. I, like I said earlier, you're a, a really busy guy and I'm, I'm sure time to yourself is very limited. So I, I appreciate you taking the time and coming on here and chit chatting with us. And you know that I'll see you soon. Cause yeah. you know, you, 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 you know, you're at all the conventions and <laughs> so am I, so am I most of the time. So yeah. I'm sure I'll, I'll be seeing you, man. Well, I appreciate you guys inviting me and, uh, I appreciate the kind words. Um, you know, uh, my dogs are driving me crazy cause they're hungry, um, <laughs> but, uh, get out, 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 out. They want to come See, in. He's doing the out. same thing that I usually do every single night that we're recording. So it's yeah. the same. Yeah. Thing. My dogs keep coming in here and like looking at me like, Dude, usually they're, they're running um, underneath me biting at my fucking legs like yeah that's why if you saw me looking around <laughs> that's that's what i keep looking at that's what i'm used to that's yeah. what i'm used to but um but anyway no i appreciate it guys uh and i'm just i'm just grateful anybody gives a shit about anything i have to say or anything i do uh you know it's uh, i'm very lucky to have been able to take my fandom and turn it into some sort of career uh and it's uh it's cool, man. I, it's, you know, I pinch myself constantly that I get to do the shit I get to do. And, uh, I'm very grateful. I don't take any of it for granted. So that's amazing, man. And we wouldn't have picked anybody else to be on this episode. So that means so much to us. 
so much to our listeners and it's going to be great. It's a Halloween treat for everybody. So thanks again. This episode of Brain Stew, Halloween Kills. I'm Justin. I'm Jeremy. And as yeah. always, yeah. keep it fucking creepy. Yep. Word Brain Stew.